0: There was a time when a deal was made with a handshake, and your word was your bond. Today, people don't seem to put much faith in promises. Circumstances change so quickly. How can you be expected to keep a promise? But God has taught us the power of His promise. His promise for us is never changing. Here is Pastor John Carter to remind us all that God gives us great and precious promises. Have you ever feared for your safety in a foreign land?
1: Welcome back, my friend. We're talking today about great and precious promises. And a special welcome to Wayne, who is the host of this program today. Well, the counter report has been to lots of places, and some of those places have been quite, uh, should I say, dangerous places. India can be a very, very dangerous place. El Salvador, bless your heart, it's quite a dangerous place. I want to say this to you, and I say this for the glory of God. In all of these places, we have felt the sustaining power of God's great and precious promises. Now, I'm going to read you a text. Now, I say this all, to the glory of God, to the glory of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Here's the text. Matthew 28, verses 19 and onwards, Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. When we are doing the will of God, we can have the absolute assurance of the very presence of God. I had an old Bible teacher many years ago. His name was Nelson Burns. He had this saying, stayed in my mind. He said, you are immortal until your work on earth is done. He was absolutely correct. When we are in the will of God, we need fear, no person, no foe, because of the great and precious promises of God.
0: We all need enough money to pay our bills. Are you confident that God's promises will supply our needs?
1: Well, here's another one of these super promises. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, right out of my dear old Bible. You know the text, don't you? My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It doesn't say that God's going to supply all of my wants, but it says God will supply all of our needs, one of God's great precious promises. Um, My mother and my father in Australia went through the Great Depression. A lot of folks today don't even know what we're talking about when we talk about the Great Depression. My parents lost everything. They lost their shop. They lost everything. My father lost his job. He had two little daughters, my sisters. I hadn't come along. (laughs) They were in dire straits. My father didn't know what to do. He traveled around on his Harley Davidson motorbike trying to find a job. Couldn't get a job. My mother befriended a market gardener, a Chinese market gardener. She was kind to this man. In return, he gave her some ponderosa tomato seeds. (laughs) I haven't got a clue what ponderosa tomato seeds are, but my mother planted them. Did they grow? Like crazy. (laughs) They grew and they grew and they grew and they produced this. Tremendous crop of rich tomatoes. All through the Depression, the Ponderosa tomatoes just grew and grew and grew. My parents sold them in cases. Five shillings a big case. That's how they got through the Depression. My mother was a believer in God and she believed in the God's great and precious promises. My friend, God will take care of us. Let me read to you Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 3 and 4. So he humbled you allowed you to hunger hey God doesn't take hunger from us always. He says allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you didn't not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and then God says this, Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years, 40 years in the wilderness, and God provided them with everything they needed. Believe it, my friend, believe it. Luke chapter 22, verse 35, And he said to them, This is Jesus, when I sent you out without money, with that money bag, knapsack, and sandals. Did you like anything? So they said, nothing. I want you to know this. If you're in the will of God, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you.
0: God has used you and your team to win thousands of lost, hurting souls to Christ. Millions have attended your meetings. How did you pay for these Billy Graham-style meetings?
1: I want to say this before we go any farther. Anything that has ever happened to us, it's been by the sheer grace and the mercy of God. We've seen the glory of God. We've seen the power of God but the glory must be given and is given and shall be given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I happen to believe in miracles. I happen to believe that God will supply our needs when we are in the will of God. God has told us, I will supply your needs. When we ran the big campaign in India, which is a vast country, When we ran that campaign, we had no idea how we were going to pay the bills. That's how it's always been with our campaigns around the world. We start those campaigns not knowing how we are going to pay the bills. The campaign in India cost us, or cost God's people who supported us, a million dollars. People say to me, that's terrible extravagance. Oh, my friend, please, 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 please. How much is a soul worth? How much, how much are thousands of souls worth? A million dollars? It's nothing compared to what we spend today on our own personal luxuries and our cars and our beautiful homes. But when we started that campaign, we had nothing. But the Bible says, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out so much blessing. You won't have room enough to receive it. We saw the blessing of God. God sent us a million dollars. We paid all of our bills. And then God sent us another million (laughs) dollars. You say, I don't believe this. Yes. How did we use the extra money? We used it for the building up of the work of God around the world. Listen, listen to this text. I call this the Danny Shelton text. Danny likes to quote it, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now, just get a a load of this, my friend. Just listen to this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Some years ago, we had to buy a building in Los Angeles. It was to build a television studio and have a worship center for the people of God. How much money did we have? We, had, we didn't have anything, as I say in some parts of the world, we didn't have a, a brass razzoo. <laughs> We had no money in the bank. When we found the property that God wanted us to have, the realtor said to me, Now he said, I'll need from you in a month's time $1.3 million as a deposit. He said, Will you have that $1.3 million? I said, Yes, by the grace of God, we will have the $1.3 million. Did I know where it was going to come? I didn't have a clue where it was going to come from. But God moved upon the hearts of the people of God across America and other parts of the world, and they sent the money. My God supplied our needs, and when the time was ripe, I went back and I had a check for $1.3 million dollars. God opens the windows of heaven. I say to you, believe, my friend, believe in the power of God.
0: Will God work a miracle in my life?
1: God will work a miracle in your life if if it's God's will. I believe in the mighty power of God. I believe in a miracle-working God. But God is not some celestial Santa Claus. If it is in the will of God, and if we are doing the will of God, there is nothing that God will not do to advance the cause of God. Not only do we need faith, but we need Obedience to the will of God. Let me say it again. We need obedience to the will of God. When God tells us to go and preach His gospel to India, El Salvador, Los Angeles, wherever it is, and God has told us to go and proclaim His word, when we do this, we are in the will of God and we can claim the mighty and the powerful and the precious promises of God.
0: We live in a litigious age, especially in America and Australia. What would you tell a person who is facing an unjust lawsuit?
1: I would tell that person to trust in God. I would tell that person not to fear. I would tell that person We have almighty God on our side and we shall not fear the wrath of men or women who want to take us down. If you are innocent and rely upon God, you have nothing to fear. There are God-fearing attorneys that God can send to help you. I have some who've come to help me. But even if you don't have an attorney You need not despair because God is greater than your foes. God can remove the person who is attacking you. Now listen to this, Isaiah 41. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will uphold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them, not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. I don't want you to misunderstand this. But when you're doing God's work and when you're preaching the gospel, you're fighting the power of darkness. The devil hates the preaching of the gospel. The devil hates evangelism. And the devil has got many friends and associates. Now, years ago, certain people, I've got to be careful how I tell you this, but some people, because they hated the work that we were doing in preaching the three angels' messages, decided to destroy us with lawsuits. Were the lawsuits just? No. No. Did they have a case? No. Did that stop them? No. So what did we do? We cried out to God for mercy. We cried out to God for mercy. And we saw the mighty hand of God revealed. What I'm telling you is the truth. One of those attorneys who was trying to destroy us was arrested and put in prison. And two other people who were working to destroy the preaching of the gospel were removed and silenced. I said to myself, why was I worrying? Why was I having sleepless nights? I want you to know this. Listen, here is another text. Isaiah 54, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. My friend, listen to me. If you are in the will of God, If you have nothing in your soul that is against God, if you are innocent, you need never fear, because God will defend you and deliver you.
0: We are in an era of hate speech, slander, and lies. Is there a promise To guide and sustain us when we are unjustly slandered.
1: No doubt about it. We live in an evil age. We live in an age when people continually are spewing out hate. Just turn on television. Goodness. No, there's no goodness. Let me read you a text Matthew chapter 5. This is a promise. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. Blessed? Yeah. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. God says, when this happens to you, be happy because you're blessed. Then he goes on to say, but I say to you, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on on the unjust. Now I could tell you some absolutely amazing stories. Let me take you to Russia. You know, I've been there so many times. The KGB came down to our church in nizhny Novgorod before we got there, broke the furniture, beat up the church members. It was dreadful. But when we came and ran these great meetings in the Palace of Sport for the glory of Jesus and saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the leader of the KGB came and his lieutenants and his colonels. And the Spirit of God touched their hearts. He invited, uh, he invited me to go and, and preach to a 1,000 KGB officers. I tell you this to the glory of God. This is to the glory of God. My friend, we have great and precious promises. The KGB general and the colonels, they became my friends. They even gave me gifts. They became friends of the church. We showed them love and kindness and forgiveness. When we show to our enemies love and kindness and forgiveness, God has got a way of changing their hearts. My friend, rely upon the great and precious promises.
0: These are times of strife and turmoil. The nations are angry. People are angry. Where can we find peace?
1: Wayne, thank you. The answer is absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Remember what Jesus said. Remember the, the superlative, powerful promise. Listen to it. John 14:27. peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John chapter 16, You should memorize these passages, my friend. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Please believe this, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Remember the big storm out on the lake when the boat was about to sink and they woke Jesus up and he got up and he said, peace, be still. And there was a tremendous calm, a tremendous calm. When we take the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts and into our boats, there is a tremendous calm peace in the midst of the storm, one of his great and precious promises.
0: Recently, some of my friends have died. We know that death will come to all of us. What is the promise of God as we finally look death in the face?
1: Wayne, there's a tremendous story in the Gospel according to John. It's about the death of a good man. His name was Lazarus. He was the brother of, of Mary and Martha. You know the story. Let me read to you a little bit of it. John chapter 11, 20 to 27. This talks about Jesus after some days going to visit the family. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him. Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And that was the absolute truth. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now listen to this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And Jesus proved it. He went to the tomb of Lazarus. They rolled back the stone. Jesus cried in a mighty voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. What a promise. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Now, I've lost a number of very dear friends over the last few years, just recently, very recently, recently. A dear friend of mine, Pastor David Curry, passed away. Great man of God. Lost we've lost Green Bradford, Des Hills, Tom Ludowisi. So many of our friends. The leaves of autumn are being blown off the trees. But I want to tell you folks something. Spring is coming. The resurrection is coming. We're going to live again, new bodies, with Christ. No fatigue, no sickness, no death. That's when the promises of God will be ultimately fulfilled. They're not always fulfilled ultimately in this lifetime. But the day is coming when we shall live forever because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Listen, from my heart to yours, believe in Jesus, my friend. Believe in the Bible. Believe in the promises. Trust the promises. Stand on the promises of God. When you stand on the promises, you have peace and joy, and life. Believe in the God who believes in you.
0: Because of the current crisis in the Ukraine, spiritual programs have all but vanished There's an overwhelming hunger for the Word of God, and to respond to this urgent need, the Carter Report has pledged to build a media center. There is a building in a safe part of Ukraine that needs to be finished. Lights, cameras, sound and editing equipment will be purchased and installed. This center will produce Bible studies and church services. Also, radio and Christian TV programs that can be viewed on digital devices. Here are a few of God's soldiers on the battlefield in Ukraine.
1: Dear Pastor Carter and uh, your team, dear friends uh, who support us in this very challenging time for Ukraine. For us, it's a big relief, huge encouragement that we can stay here and can dream about future steps in our mission to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We appreciate your prayer support. We appreciate your donations so much. We really dream that here in this place will be a very good uh, studio for Chernobyl for Ukrainian at all, where we can share the gospel. Please continue to pray about
0: us, about our team, about Ukraine, and we will pray for you. Thank you very much. These people are compelled to move forward in faith. Let us all, in God's grace, move forward with them. We are asking you, supporters of the Carter Report, to help heal the hearts of Ukrainians with the Word of God. Please send your contributions for the Ukrainian Carter Report Media Center to our website or to the address on the screen. They need peace. They need hope. They need the Word of God now.